Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, the only thing is, Tony didn't hook the leg. <laughs> oh, the shotgun man. <laughs> hey, Gorilla's a New Jersey guy, and his name's Morella. He knows what's up. <laughs> the shotgun man. I could, I could just picture Gorilla as like a mob boss. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live, 82nd edition. I am your host, Peter Winston, and today we're going to be going back to the year 1992, even though it was taped in 1991, for some WWF superstars of wrestling, as it was still known, leading into the 1992 Royal Rumble, only eight days away. But before we get into all of that good old wrestling stuff, I want to bring in my guest at this time, my co-host, my best friend in the whole world, a man who never had the makings of a varsity athlete, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? You know what? You said that shit to me when we were kids, and you said it to the girl cousins. It was very hurtful. I don't know why you say that. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. How you know, like... I, lettered, I lettered in varsity. Not in college. <laughs> college. Those, those guys at Seton Hall. Monsters. <laughs> uh, Seton Hall uh, Seton football. Hall, shut yeah. up. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. No. How are you, Pete? Um, happy New Year. Um, yes. Or at least Happy New Year's Eve, as of right now. Uh, it's New Year's in Australia and some other parts of the world, but not yet here in not sunny Massachusetts because it's well, nighttime. But well, well, let, cold Massachusetts. Let's let's not uh, let's let's not move too fast here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because not... because I have to edit this together and get it posted by midnight in order for that to be true. <laughs> All right, let's not let's not move to let's not you know jump ahead of ourselves. Like let's not let like like People Magazine or uh, you know putting out a uh, Betty White at a hundred. How she does it? Well, guess what? She, she doesn't. So uh... <laughs> yeah, it's the most fucked up version of Dewey defeats Truman that I can think of. Like <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dewey. Beats Truman. Huzzah! Here, what a good one. <laughs> here, here's this. Uh, here's this person. They're they're turning a hundred. Oh wait, yeah. I mean, what 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 can I really say? I mean, I I did I did the Golden Girls episode uh, last April, and uh, I've I've made it clear how much I love that show, and uh, I, I know I know that you do as well. I do. I do. Yeah. I, I I tend to watch my YouTube algorithm is real smart. It so it has it's filled all my recommended videos are all Golden Girls and Mary Tyler Moore. And then it started putting in uh Life with Life with Elizabeth, I believe. Um hmm. which was which was her first show she had on back in like the fifties. Um which was a which was a comedy, believe it or not. And uh it was it's pretty funny. It's from the 50s. Not a lot on YouTube, but I believe it's Life with Elizabeth, if anybody's out there looking to see a very young, very attractive Betty White um, on show making people laugh. So in between, well, I, in, in between commercials for Chesterfield cigarettes. So I'm sure it was an enjoyable program. It's certainly more enjoyable than the 2003 reboot of uh, My Life with Elizabeth that starred Lex Luger and uh, <laughs> only only lasted one season. 
for obvious reasons. Wow. <laughs> oh, you you think that's dark? I Another said something more nice dark dust. five five minutes ago before we started. Well, well, I was we were recording, but not recording for the show. Sure. Yes, I, I record all of our conversations. I, I pretend that like you're wearing a wire. <laughs> you know, speaking of recording conversations, I, I started getting into record vinyl collecting, or at least vinyl picking. I'm not really collecting anything, but yeah. um, I, I and I happened to pick up something the other day. I scored a record and I was really excited about it. And the friend I was shopping with was like, he was puzzled as to why I would be so excited. It's the original vinyl recording of the Frost Nixon interviews. <laughs> I was so excited. Wait, from from 1977? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. <laughs> I mean, you, you could. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, and I found a vinyl copy from the 60s of the Sgt. Pepper's album. No. And, and instead, you dropped Frost Nixon on me. It was Frost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us expected him to say that. <laughs> You know, I almost gave you a, a a vinyl album, but actually, when we exchanged gifts, I forgot to bring it. Oh, <laughs> well, I will say that uh, you gave me a hell of a gift for our Christmas exchange gift exchange. Uh, I I was very touched and very moved at the I, I'm going to call it the King Haku uh, vodka that you gave me, uh, rice vodka. It was it's it's wonderful bottle. It has an I'll take a picture of it and post it on Twitter of 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 King Haku in all of his glory. <laughs> promoting and, and and giving his full endorsement of this alcohol so yeah so for for those of you out and you'll see this uh when, when it's posted to twitter i took a picture of haku king haku just you know a headshot and uh, pasted it on the other side of the bottle so one side it says haku vodka and on the other side is a big picture of haku Ah, so good. It, it was it was a good arts and crafts project. Absolutely, to, to, keep, to keep me engaged right before right before Christmas. And and I I do do appreciate what you gave me. In addition to a barbecue rub, you gave me the Bobby Heenan figure with the weasel suit. Mm. And and for some reason, um, uh, the cleaner as well action figure. I don't I don't know. <laughs> the cleaner, cleaner. I got this. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Kenneth Livingston Omega. I told you. I, I told you. I got you that so that when you you can, I I would honestly would not mind at all, all if you were to melt him in your in your barbecue pit. I mean, it just or your fire pit. I would be okay with it. So you know, I I did that mostly as that was a gag, a total gag. Uh, you know, but I said I got to get him a Kenny Omega action figure. I just and, and the best part about it is that he has real good ramen noodle hair in that. If you look, so <laughs> just if like I, you like. If I try to burn it in that pit, it's going to fucking be over dramatically selling, getting burned. <laughs> it's going to take a fucking hour. And then and then the bell's going to ring and it's going to be a time in a jar. It's like, oh, great. I got to do this over again another time. And then Okada oh. will come and do something. And <laughs> I'd, I'd love an Okada action figure. But... Hey. Hey, your birthday's only three months away. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm telling you right now, when I went to that ROH New Japan show at MSG... The, the draw for me was Okada. I made sure that I was in my seat for that match. Yes. And everybody was like, oh, it's just Jay White. Like, I don't care who his opponent is. In fact, I'm, I was glad it wasn't Omega because they already did that friggin' match three times. Mm-hmm. And, and, and frankly, I just get sick of hearing about it. It's like, oh, this this makes Flair Steamboat from Clash 6 look like fucking shit. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm starting, to get, I'm starting to get angry. So may, should I queue up? Uh, actually... 
before we queue up the 92 WWF, I, I want to mention how we, we were each watching Back to the Future before. <laughs> and we were watching the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. But I want to bring to your attention something from earlier in that movie that can be connected back to something that we talked about on the last podcast. Oh, please. Do you remember, well, when we were talking about traveling back in time and uh, spoiling future wrestling for like yes. 1991 WCW yes. crowds? Yes, yes. It is such a Peter Winston move of Marty McFly that he goes back in time and one of the, like two of the first things that he does is, number one, he takes a nap for like nine hours. And then number two, he fucking sits down for dinner with his family and immediately spoils an old television show. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a nap. <laughs> wait, wait, he slept for like he slept for like nine hours. He's been on for almost nine hours now. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes down and says, Hey, I saw this. Yeah. Spoils the show for Jason Her- little Jason Hervey. Spoiler alert. And it probably uh you know, even though Joey wasn't watching, it probably led to his life of crime. Is that why you think Jason Hervey ended up in wrestling? Because he knew Things get spoiled, so you know you want to. If well, do you... no. I was thinking about Jason Hervey and wrestling, and how he was. He announced, and you you may have forgotten about this, and God bless you that you did. He was an announcer on a WCW Monday Nitro in July of 1999. Oh yeah, and when I say that this is one of the fucking darkest WCW periods that you could find. Yeah. Oh my How could God. you forget that? How well, I mean, I that? summer of '99. I, I I basically wasn't watching Nitro anymore. I mean, I would if I was home. I was only watching Raw at that point. Although e- even that is pretty much unwatchable now. So, but you know, you know what's very watchable is a superstars from January 11th, 1992, because this thing is fucking loaded. Oh well, let's well let's get to it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of stop start, but. First, we can do our check to make sure that everybody is in the intro as they should be. Well, I know I see one person who's not in the intro. Who, Colonel Mustafa? No, yeah, no, that's Warrior. <laughs> Warrior, well, Warrior's long gone at this point. But wait, Warrior was there? Gone. No, Warrior was not here. Okay, yeah. We still have Slaughter, a Skinner. Yeah. We get a Jim Neidhart shout out, a Skinner shout out. We get three Hogans. Slaughter's on this show. The two warlords. No wonder oh. friggin' no wonder Sid Justice was angry at Hogan. He's mm. on the opening of Superstars three times. Yeah. <laughs> and there's Kurt Mr. Perfect as the announcer, who I don't like as much as uh he, he's a little I don't know. his character as an announcer doesn't work as well for me as uh no. some other people. No, I, I would say that he's up there with, he's not as bad as Honky Tonk Man, but he's definitely not. <laughs> is, he, is he worse than Piper, though? I I think he's, when Piper is trying, when Piper is on, I thought he was fine. There, there, were, there were just certain points where he was very annoying, but I'm willing to overlook that. Yeah. Oddly enough. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, oddly enough, I think the best, aside from Jesse and Vince, I think the best was Savage, Piper, and Vince, I think. Hmm. Well, I think that, I think we might have. Bobby and 
Gorilla, obviously. But we might have some recency bias. Look at that. We get to see the Tuesday in Texas match between Savage and Jake. You know, you and I have oftentimes talked about watching Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, I know. We could have just done that, but this is much faster. And there's a lot more yeah. stuff here, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, man. On New Year's <laughs> Eve, I got to watch a freaking IRS match. Yeah, but do you see? Do you see the picture here of the natural disasters and how Typhoon is pointing directly at the camera? <laughs> you know who he's pointing to? <laughs> Who's he? Look, Dusty. Look, Dusty on the heel. <laughs> oh, God. God bless Fred Ottman. If we didn't have him, we'd have to invent him. Oh, look, Duggan is leading off because apparently they wow. gave Bossman the week off. Yeah, Bossman's not on this week, so Duggan. Oh, and he's got Sergeant Laughter behind him. Sergeant Laughter. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. There is an S there. Sergeant S. Laughter. Sergeant S. Laughter. <laughs> Sergeant Serious Laughter. Um, yeah. He's got his country back, folks. Yep. He's wearing the red, white, and blue wristbands. <laughs> You know, you can betray your country in a time of war, and the only way to get it back is to cut three weeks of vignettes and help Jim Duggan out yep. one time. Yes. I always liked how Barry Horowitz had the handprint on his back, but it was backwards. Yeah. Well, I didn't, like, I didn't like him. that. That's an OCD thing that really bothers me. Well, I liked that he had the handprint. I just didn't like that it was backwards. Hmm. It, upset, it, it upsets me. <laughs> Who are they? Oh, and that's oh, I was gonna say who are they fighting, and then I realized it's Barry Horwitz and some other guy. Um, okay, yeah, yeah let's... is that is that Joey Morella in the ring? I I believe it is. I like how they outfitted that guy with the Sergeant Slaughter shirt, and it's like it's so incredible that they just turned this guy face and pretended like it never happened. I I, I mean, really, who was buying a Sergeant Slaughter shirt anyway? At that at God, that point in be... time. Nobody I mean, is. I, you would, I mean, I would say if you wanted to buy like a Hacksaw and Slaughter shirt, like if they had a shirt made with the two of them on it, of course, I'm sure Jim Duggan wasn't willing to split that money with with uh, Bob Remus here. Do you think there's somebody who was like in a 13 month coma from July of 90 through August of 90 or not August of 91? And when they woke up, they saw that Slaughter was there as a face again and was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I think that's probably the most likely person to buy a Sergeant Slaughter shirt. Sure. Ooh. Oh, Lowell, Massachusetts. That's right. Let's let's hear who they're going to promote in Lowell. Are we going to gamble? You want to gamble? Um, do you think they're going to mention Warlord or he was Mr. New England at one time? Um, Lowell, Lowell Memorial Auditorium. I'm going to bet that the Mountie is on the bill. And Brett? Since they were in the um, program together, yes. But I'm gonna say that. Well, are we are we gonna announce who they? Well, does he say who they're facing off against? I don't think he does. But I'm gonna say the Mountie, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ric Flair. Okay, I don't think Ric Flair is making any appearances at the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. I think they're saving. Not it. even I, in I, January '92. No, I think they're sending a B crew to Lowell. I think. I think you're going to see something more like DiBiase versus El Matador there. Okay. All right. So you're going with DiBiase and Tito and Chico. Okay. Because the WWF is returning live to the Lowell Memorial Auditorium, 
the one and only Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erickson's action. Also on the card, The Undertaker, along with Paul Bearer and many others in Lowell, Massachusetts, Wednesday night, January 29th at the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. Kerry Von Erick and The Undertaker, that sounds more like 1993. Wow, that's terrible. Oh, if, if you think that's the most tasteless thing I've said about Kerry, you should have heard me before we went on the air. <laughs> Kerry Von Eric. Yeah. <laughs> somebody somebody mentioned Taurus Bulba in a chat the other day, and I said, yeah, Kerry job clean to him in the middle at the Sportatorium. But hmm. then again, then again, Kerry had one foot out the door at the time. So apparently, Duggan and Slaughter were getting a mild push here. And yeah. almost to the point where you you thought that they were going to get like tag title matches very soon, because the inset promo is the Nasty Boys, who were former champions and probably like the gatekeepers for that sort of thing. Well, don't forget the original match booked for WrestleMania Eight was Money Inc. versus Slaughter and DiBiase. I mean, yeah. Slaughter and uh, Duggan. Yeah. That actually it, would have been a hell of a good match. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of Memphis right there, or not in Memphis. Um, uh, Mid South. Mid South. Little Mid South. Yeah, it, you can't go wrong with Duggan and DiBiase on opposite sides. It's like it's like Valentine and uh, well, not quite to the level of Valentine and Tito, but Duggan and DiBiase are guys that had great chemistry together, and they're 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 just certain guys that like when they're in the same company together should be paired opposite each other at least at least once in a program. Sure. I mean, as it is, Duggan and DiBiase and WWF only had, had like a handful. Like, but one of them was WrestleMania four. Yeah. And one of them was um, eighty seven at the uh, Houston show that was the Paul Bosch retirement. That uh, I, I I think it's on a Coliseum video. I'm I'm not sure, but. That that's one of those shows that never ends up on YouTube because it gets blocked. That's the it's, one where they turned DiBiase for the. No, 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 no. They had turned DiBiase a couple of months before that, but it's in the same. Oh. Actually, okay. I don't know if it's. I, I think it was in the same Houston Coliseum, although it might have been in the Summit. Who knows? So, you had mentioned, um, you had mentioned Valentine, and Tito. I just wanted to let you know, I know somebody had mentioned that there's that massive signing in Morristown mm-hmm. on May 7th yeah. uh, for WrestleCon. Mm-hmm. On there, DB, so Greg Valentine and Tito Santana are going to be there. You can yeah. get, for VIP admission, you get a photo op of you in the middle of Tito and Greg Valentine doing a tug of war over the Intercontinental title. Oh, dear God. That might be worth the price of admission. <laughs> All right, let me look up mortgage rates right now. Jesse is going to be there. I'm going to be taking out a second mortgage. Oh, is Duggan going to toss a two-by-four here? He should. Oh, they're really fucking promoting the Slaughter shirt. It's obnoxious. That didn't really... I would... You know, it's funny. From the angle that they're shooting it, I lost it in the lights. (laughs) No, that's very knuckleball-y. Yeah. Oh, I love that Ric Flair cover. Sitting in the director's chair, Ric Flair. Hi, Uh everybody. Uh Uh-oh, Oakland is wearing his I'm hungover glasses, but not not like the shades. 
but like the oh god i can't see the prompter right glasses hi hi everybody i can see that he got that he got that tie at target <laughs> see what i'm talking about do we do we watch super tape oh my god it doesn't have the target dots look at that <laughs> i don't think i don't think we have watched super tape 92 but i th- mm. if i remember correctly that has a lot of the, this tuesday in texas on there mm. oh oh well here's look at sid. sid in the barber shop oh this is always interesting here's <laughs> here's good guy sid He's mm-hmm. still good guy Sid. <laughs> I love Windbreaker Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Sid's just a Sid's just a guy in a windbreaker. That's all that yep. he is. <laughs> yep. Well, a windbreaker is the best kind of jacket to wear during softball season. So. <laughs> I, like there were dudes in baseball in like the seventies and eighties who would like wear windbreakers under their jerseys. What the fuck was yeah. up with that? <laughs> <laughs> like like there's Eddie Murray maybe not Eddie Murray but like there were dudes who is it uh, is it your favorite thing is when a pitcher's running the bases and he's got his jacket on yeah I, I, they, they have to wear satin jackets and um yeah I, oh the other thing that I like that I miss that no longer exists is dudes who would wear their hat underneath their helmet ah yeah yeah that's it I remember Deion Sanders was one of those guys who would hmm. do that I don't know why all right, so Father Sid is it? See, the reason why Sid is on the is on the barber shop instead of uh, uh, the funeral parlor on Superstars is because Challenge in most markets airs on Sunday, and Father Sid does his best sermons on Sunday. <laughs> and for himself, and that's why I believe that Sid Justice has the advantage because I've always been a man that needed no sidekick, a man that needed no manager. Hear that, Dan Spivey? Hear that, Teddy Long? <laughs> well, it's really interesting because just a short year, well, two years ago, or a year ago when this was when this was taped, he was hanging out with three other dudes and a manager. So, <laughs> With a clothing allowance, too. How do you right. think he got all those windbreakers? He's got a T on his windbreaker that's in the shape of the of the Malden or the the, the, the Massachusetts TB, B, MTA, MTA. <laughs> Somebody from you wanna, Boston. You want to, you want to yeah. take another stab at that? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. I am a man that stands alone. And that is why Royal Rumble that is why the justice will be served. Yeah. Yeah. The Batista Moon music. <laughs> I walk I alone. Ho- I hope that they. I hope that they play this all the way to the end because I want to see him break a uh, window on his way out. Cast right. <laughs> As for contract, look at how, look at how fat Beefcake is right here. Like Beefcake is Beefcake right here. Like look yeah. at him. Why did they pump his face full of fats when they Jesus. rebuilt it? <laughs> He's a bloated bitch. It's like they it's like he still has the friggin' sponges left inside. <laughs> bad bad plastic surgeon down in Tampa. Somebody dropped a whole box of junior mints in this guy's face. My God. <laughs> all right, all right, Sid, take it away. <laughs> Bake him away, toys. Crippling to you, or is it gonna be holding you back? For two months, I have sit and asked myself the same question, and I've got one answer. 
And that answer is simple. My arms are both at 100%. And what does that mean? That means good for me, and that means bad for the other 29 participants. Because I am said justice, and I promise that justice will be served. I guess they won't say him that he, they, they won't let him say that he rules the world. <laughs> yeah, no, not mm-hmm. as not as uber over face Sid Justice. He mm-hmm. has to. It's it. Thankfully, it's only like one week away where he starts saying I rule the world. So, and everybody knows how much. Everybody knows how much I love this Royal Rumble. I did a podcast about it, you know, a couple of years ago. And but the lead up to it, I I was so pumped for it because I thought, oh, Sid is winning this. There's no mm-hmm. question. Because mm-hmm. I was like, the, the, en- enough of Hogan and Flair. And yeah. actually, and actually, you could make an argument that the, the, there's a way to book it and have Sid win. I mean, maybe drop the title at mania and then you could still do hogan flair at wrestlemania 8 without because it probably didn't even need the title but you know no they they, they fouled up frankie and man they fouled up real good who who does sid fight though at wrestlemania hogan turns no, no, on no, no, hogan. no 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 i'm saying if you if you don't do that and you do the main event is hogan versus flair last match ever for hogan who does Sid fight as the champion if he wins? Well, if you, keep, if you keep him face, uh, yeah. you could you could have him go against Jake because there's that lingering issue that never really got resolved. You could yeah. do him versus Undertaker because they've been running that uh, mm. for a while now. If you want to if you want to turn him, uh, obviously you wanted to turn him and have him face Hogan, but you could also turn him and have him face Savage, although that would kind of make no sense since he helped out Randy Savage. In... Yeah, it would have to be like a big hoopla in the like you'd have to book something in the rumble between him yeah. and Savage. He could, of course, face the man we're looking at right now, who is the de facto number one contender in the new the greater New York Long Island area. From your lips to God's ears. Yes, the warlord and one of the reasons why I took I chose this show is because of this promo, because I want you to listen to what Sapinski says here. OK. All right. I'm not saying warlord. I'm saying the man, Terry Sapinski. OK. Because there's a great deal of conviction behind Jack it up. It just just ignore Whiffleman. But, you know, okay. he, he he's he's just a guy. All you have to do is beat 29 other guys up and the gold is all yours. With my size and power, I will be a great champion. <laughs> you know, he's not wrong. <laughs> Although they're like, all right, Terry, you got six seconds. <laughs> Man, that guy could not cut a promo. <laughs> whoa, only, whoa. He only cut that one. He only cut that one. What, for uh, a Davey bull? Yeah. Are we going to get a mon- Oh, we're getting a montage of promos. Oh, now we get Boss man. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Is he going to talk about the Canadian Mountie? Of course not, because he's not in the Rumble. Canadian. Royal Rumble. 30 men serving nothing but hard time. All to become the World Wrestling Federation champion. Mm. With the grace of God and the fan support, Big Boss Man, Law Order and Justice will be the WWF champion. Boy, he really does move his arms a lot <laughs> during this. It's like he's the anti-Molly Shannon from that Seinfeld episode. 
mean, his, his arm, he, he's basically like a member of the mafia with the way his, <laughs> how demonstrative think, he is. Do you think that, do you think that the, the big Boston man would have been able to be a successful WWF champion? No. No? I mean, if there, if there was an emergency, let's say in 91 and Hogan and Warrior died the plane crash. Yeah, I, I could see strapping the rocket to him, maybe and at Virgil. that time. Virgil, Virgil was the number three face in the company. Yeah, but I think I think Vince would go with Boss Man because he's the bigger guy. Yes. When Vince's backs against the wall, he go he goes back to the bigs. That's yeah. that's what he does. Yeah. All right, who do we get now? Oh, Martel. Now he's oh. got, he's, he, here's a man with world champion experience. Yeah. Also a man who has the is the current record holder, I believe, for the Rumble at this time. Indeed he was from the year before. Mm. <sighs> Arrogance, new and improved, just like the mouth. And I'm going to prove it to you and the rest of the world when I win the Royal Rumble and the World Wrestling Federation Championship. <laughs> you notice they're not calling it a world title? Mm. Very strange. Mm. They would always go back and forth with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they weren't happy with one way and then they went back to the other. One difference between 91 and 92 Rumble is 91 they were it was on the Saturday. And the reason the reason for that is because of the uh, NFL Conference Championship games on the Sunday. Yeah. Uh but then they put Rumble back on Sunday in 92, which, you know, is fine. And but I don't think get, they had they don't have the they didn't have the conference games then on that Sunday, right? Uh no, no, because in ninety two they had a bye week between that and the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, we got Vince reading a promo and he's very excited about uh I don't think he's saying the names, but superstars compete for the coveted WWF title in the Royal Rumble. It'll be every man for himself. That's the biggest and baddest. I think I think SAG should have gone over. <laughs> oh, please no. All right, IRS match. Yeah. So what? You want to talk Betty White now or? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the only the only the only thing that relates IRS to Betty White these days is that I might get bored to death watching another IRS match and listening to another IRS promo. That was an mm. that was an old bad joke. I don't I apologize. <laughs> oh. Along with 1992 comes new tax laws. And don't think for one second that IRS is gonna cut you tax cheats any slack whatsoever. Okay. Wow. That was a very original, lucid, well thought out promo. Overruled. <laughs> you know, there was it? a there was a revenue act of nineteen ninety two that went into effect. Okay. That had been that was pushed through the by the hundred and second Congress. Um do you oh. want, do you want, yeah. So that he a, wasn't he wasn't totally wrong. I'm always interested to learn about these things. Yeah. So the Revenue Act of 1992, Title I, Provisions Relating to Distressed Urban and Rural Areas, Subtitle A, 
urban tax enterprise zones and rural development investment zones, declares it to be the purpose of this act to establish a, de a demonstration program of providing incentives for the creation of tax enterprise zones in order to, one, revitalize economically and physically distressed areas, two, promote meaningful employment for zone residents, and three, encourage individuals to reside in the zones in which they are employed. I believe... Holy shit, that guy took a bump out of the ring there. He, like, almost landed on his head. I believe that tax legislation was forwarded mainly by Jack Kemp, mm. who was a congressman from New York who was a quarterback for the Buffalo Bills in the 1960s mm. and whose son was a quarterback for the Eagles in the mm. late 80s or early 90s, Jeff Kemp. Mm. He was also Bob Dole's running mate in 96. He sure was. Yeah, not a very good uh. one. But, you know, no. wow, there was an awful lot on this, too. There was a part one. Uh, part two was redevelopment bonds for tax enterprise zones. Part three was credit for contributions to certain community development corporations. Part four was Indian employment and investment. Huh. You know, these all feel like things that Tony Soprano's crew probably exploited, you know, in, so, in some way. It, it, it led to that whole promenade on, on, on the Newark waterfront or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Museum of Trucking. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a foster care and income security, child welfare, foster care, substance abuse treatment and services amendment. Oh, you know, hey, listen, Erwin Ashaista might have known a little bit what he was talking about. But, uh, you know, this is a pretty interesting read. If anybody's really interested, just go in and put down uh, go to Congress.gov and you can look up you can look up tax tax codes and, and you you got us through that entire irs match so i do Thank appreciate you. that and we got mooney in the event center and there's a show at the boston garden on january 18th the night before rumble and i went to that yeah and we're gonna get promos for a bunch of matches that never happened oh okay yeah such as such as this one LOD and Bret Hart against oh. the Natural Disasters and Moonty. the Moti. He's standing by with Mr. Perfect. Then we'll hear from the Hulkster. And it was not Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. It was Hogan and Piper versus Flair and somebody else. Sid? No, no, no not uh, Sid. I, no, no, never mind. No, no. Piper, Piper was in the six-man tag match because he takes over for Bret. Okay. Because Brett had the flu and lost the title the night before in Springfield. So did they go forth with Hogan and Flair? You know, this is all stuff I could look up. I think they did. I'm going to go back and look uh, while we're looking. Just give me one second. I'm well, right there. Uh, well, I mean, why, while you do that, why don't I just play what Flair and Perfect, also wearing a windbreaker. And, and Flair, they have the pixelation, not because he's wearing the big gold belt, but because they're afraid he's going to open his robe and show his balls. Forget about anything else you've ever heard about balls. any sporting event anywhere. Now, and only now, the three greatest wrestling names in the World Wrestling Federation are going to be in the ring at the same time. Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair, Hulk and Earl Hebner. Oh, champ. The titleist, the loser, Hulk Hogan, the man whose only redeeming quality is the opportunity to get in the ring with the real world heavyweight champion, Hogan. Come on down, baby. The champ is waiting. Woo! 
that's clearly the tag team championship too. Well, yeah, they did have to switch it out. Yeah, November. but like you can yeah. you can clearly tell by the outline of the pixelation that it's not the NWO NWO the NWA tag <laughs> the NWA championship. Well, it was the NWO championship too, but the NWA championship. Yeah, but I'm I'm telling you. The pixelation served two purposes. Number one, it removed the belt from the equation. And number two, in case he decided to show his dick. It's I mean, it, it's it's not. Uh, what are you saying? That Ric Flair never did that? <laughs> I think we, I think there's tape of that. He literally did that all the time. In fact, he's probably doing that right now as I'm saying this. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how we ring in the new year. We look at we look at Ric Flair drops his balls. <laughs> Let me, some poor unsuspecting <laughs> person. <laughs> the the new year doesn't start until Ric Flair drops the ball on Conrad. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think he's flashed Conrad? Do you, do you think Conrad has seen Ric Flair's dick? I think Conrad's the guy that took the picture of that of Flair eating out that girl on the train that kind of made oh, the rounds. Com- that, oh come on, that wasn't even that didn't even look like him. It looked exactly like Flair. <sighs> Woo! <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's hear from Hogan. Let's no, see if he, let's see, is he as, is he as afraid of Flair as he and was no, of the Warlord? Absolutely not. There is no way Hogan's afraid of Flair. Yeah. You know something, Hulkamaniacs? Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect might as well forget about the marquee with their names on a man going down in history. You know, they're in a lot of trouble right now, brother. I got a chance to get the WWF title back at the Royal Rumble, brother. Bring it back home. And Ric Flair, you're going to be an endangered species, brother, because this is my chance to eliminate you right out of the chute, brother. When I come down to the ring for the one-on-one confrontation, brother, it's not going to be styling and profiling Lear Jets and limousines. It's going to be Hulk Hogan in his war mode, brother. The maniacs told me to get rid of you, brother, to take care of business and Ric Flair I'm very dangerous now I don't have the WWF title I don't have anything to lose and you know something brother if I put that figure four leg lock on you I'm gonna hang on until there's a snap a crackle and a final pop Ric Flair what you gonna do when the holster wipes you out yeah because if there's anything that Hogan is known for it's for his uh, deadly figure four leg lock right uh two things uh number one it's nice to see that Hogan gets really vicious when he loses the w- the WWF championship and he's going mm-hmm. up against former N- NWA world champions. Yeah. He's Harley. Real vicious Harley. Against Harley Race. And number two, he dropped about 15 brothers in that one promo. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a candid look at Jake the Snake in his in his dressing room. He dropped Looks more. Like- he dropped more brothers than uh, there there were in the many saints of Newark. Hi, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I was gonna say he dropped more brothers than Marvin Gaye in that Marvin Gaye song. Brother, brother, brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So this is from Super Tape '92, which is okay. why they're showing it. Highlights of the Jake Roberts versus Randy Savage match from this Tuesday in Texas. And one of my favorite Randy Savage's outfits post, like WrestleMania Seven. Yeah, I like this one. It, it almost looks like a comic book from like the Dick Tracy era. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good one. I mean, WrestleMania seven, I think, is the goat, probably because he, you know, knew he wasn't going to be wrestling for a while mm. and, uh, you know, might as well go out with it. And I love the finish to this match here. 
where he like rams him into the corner and then quickly goes for the elbow and gets it. Yeah, just quick and fast. Because it, it makes sense within the context of the story because Savage knew he was compromised because of that arm injury. So he knew he had to finish the guy off pretty quickly. Yeah, he had to finish him off. Uh, what I like too is he go. It's a nice callback to the Ricky Steamboat injury. He's gonna he's gonna ring his bell, Jess. <laughs> a callback. <laughs> oh, just for the record, I did want to say that Hogan Hogan defeated Flair by countout okay. at thirteen forty five after sending Flair into the ring post. <laughs> okay. And uh, it was so. 15,000 sellout in the Boston Garden. Yeah, that's a sellout. Yeah, so probably a uh, real pain in the Wait. ass to get in and out of there. You got Flair, you got Piper, you got Hogan, yeah. LOD, Tugboat. We all know the crowds came out for Tuggy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I believe Repo Man was on that card. I mean, come on now. Oh, yeah. All right, so yeah, <laughs> Savage has got the bell. And Earl Hebner is deciding to make this all about himself by yep, overacting. Why didn't Earl Hebner? Why didn't Savage throw like basically this is all Earl Hebner's fault because he causes Savage to get DDT'd. I mean, I I was just gonna say, is Earl Hebner the he caused more problems post match than any other referee in the history of our sport? Uh, it's between him and Tommy Young because Tommy Young is there Tommy... for a lo- for a lot of those dusty finishes. Yeah, but I don't think Tommy Young caused as many problems as because, like, look at instead of instead of warning Randy Savage that Jake Roberts is coming to attack him, he's distracting Randy Savage. Yeah, and then he goes to and then he, he's not getting in Jake's way. He's not getting in Jake's way. I think instead of it being crooked referee Nick Patrick all those years, I think the crooked referee has always been and forever shall be Earl Hebner. Well, yeah, I think Montreal kind of uh, <laughs> brought that into focus. Yeah. The, the post match. A... Oh, look at Jake. Yeah. The post match angle here lasts a really long time, but it's so incredibly well done, except for the yeah. Hebner parts. Yes. Which we're gonna get another fucking dosage of it when he when you can start hearing him on camera. Mm. And this is one of those things where like you can hear the crowd and the crowd reactions during this segment when like he's got the snake bag out, you can hear screaming. And now here's Liz. Mm-mm. Now, see, I didn't even know Liz was coming up because they didn't cure music. <laughs> I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. All right, Dolph, go up on the ramp and d- distract the Miz, and he's going to get rolled up. They should go back to that, not having music for run-ins. Well, yeah, that would make sense, considering that you know it is one of those things that is kind of distracting. Hmm. And now, now Jake is getting into the audio part, and he's really good at it, mm. and sal- and saves the segment from Hebner's meddling. Yes. When he gets in Liz's face. Mm-hmm. You want to say that? Better start begging now. Jake, she's begging you now. Leave him alone. Hebner's like that guy from the Cobra Kai. Who's like, leave him alone, man. He's had enough. I'll say when he's had enough, man. And Jake is definitely Johnny in this case. 
Mm. I'll decide when he's had enough, man. I'll decide so, when he's had enough, man. <laughs> so Earl Earl Hebner is Bobby Brown from Cobra Kai. <laughs> Except Bobby Brown never got busted selling counterfeit Cobra Kai merchandise Cobra out of the Kai. truck. He never got busted selling co- counterfeit geese out of the back of his truck. <laughs> <laughs> And and okay, so the, I paused it at like the exact moment when he grabs mm. Liz's hair. Mm-hmm. The, the the fucking crowd reaction. It, it's it's one of those rare times where a WWF arena audience sounds like a you know a Memphis like a Techwood or a you know mm. or like the Memphis studio audience where you can hear screaming. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And, and what what a job by that what a job by that hero Earl Hebner to get in the way. Now I just want to point out here for a second. Yes. This fucking segue. Now I've I've credited Sean Mooney many times for his delightful segues, where mm. you know IRS will be in there and he'll make like a tax pun, ha ha ha. Like mm. literally, the last thing we see here is Elizabeth getting punched in the face. Yes. Like Jake, I, I I'm laughing about the transition, not about Elizabeth getting punched in the face. So I'm just gonna play yeah. it through. This video is on YouTube, everybody. Uh you, you want to cue it up at 20 minutes and 19 seconds. And now punches her in the face. She's laying there. Jake goes to walk away and mm-hmm. cut to Mooney fucking smiling. <laughs> Edward R. Murrow, he is not. And now, if we leave this tape rolling, you're going to see Mooney smiling and a woman getting abused. <laughs> it is time once again for you folks here in Boston to prepare for the excitement of live World Wrestling Federation action. Yes, such as women getting abused by Jake Roberts. As... Now, the only thing I want to point out is that on the Tuesday in Texas, I believe earlier in the day, there was a match involving Sensational Sherry where she did get also slapped across the face, but the crowd was cheering her, I believe. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. <laughs> Actually, I, have no, I have no idea if that's true or not. Okay. I'm just making it up. All right. It all takes place in just one week. Next Saturday night, January 18th, the action will erupt at 8 p.m. There's one match on this card that... That we're good, that actually did happen, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it when when it is revealed. Battle against the natural disasters okay. and the Mountie. Also, El Matador Tito Santana he battles the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, and in the main event, Hulk Hogan collides with the. Yeah, no, we we already know all this, Sean. Get to the one that I care about. Perfect. We'll be in attendance at ringside, but right now let's get back to the six man tag team battle and hear from both sides. All right. Well, this is the match that didn't end up happening with Brett. Mm. Because Brett had the 185 degree temperature, which if he if he was if he was truly Canadian, they would have given the temperature reading in Celsius. But I'm glad that yes. they put it in Fahrenheit. The one true 
temperature measurement system of greetings from Allentown and GFA Live. So you 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 want to hear what a Bret Hart promo with the LOD sounds like? Hmm. I mean, they have an alliance. They helped each other out at SummerSlam 90. Before you go to that, um, Bret Hart had the 30301 degree temperature. Mm. That's the Atlanta zip code. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Kind of, it was a bad joke, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> there was there was something going on with Brett, and yeah. he screwed up and forgot to uh, give his notice before a certain date. So it like renewed for another period of time, something like that. Yeah. <sighs> Jimmy Hart, we're gonna find out. Oh, this is cool because it's the tag champs and the IC champ. Yeah, there's a lot of gold right there, right? Yeah, right except there. except a year from except a month, excuse me, from this point, <laughs> none of them would have those titles. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. That's how big a bad the knuckle disasters are, and you, Mouthy, we're gonna see how long that yellow stripe is down your back. Did he call him the Mouthy? I think, I he, think did. he did. <laughs> and you, Mouthy? <laughs> I am not Mouthy. <laughs> I speak. That. With perfect okay. diction. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The WWF World Tag Team Champions and the WWF Intercontinental Champion, the Hitman. You know something, Jimmy Hart? You and the Mountie came pretty close to attempt and murder. But now I got the Legion of Doom to back me up. And you're not going to find any place to hide. Let's talk about teeth. Let's talk about the natural disasters and the Mounties' teeth. And let's talk about how we're going to knock them right down their throat. You see, there's a lot of gold here, and there's a good reason for it. We're the best. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I just wanted to play the part where the Mountie laughs, like as if he was laughing directly at Hawk's promo. That was a good Hawk promo. Hawk is a very dependable, for the most part, promo, which is funny because... He was, you know, notoriously unreliable pretty much after that point. Mm. But yeah, look, look at this crew. I mean, Earthquake, Mountie, and Typhoon. Mm. And Jimmy Hart, he manages to get his head there in the background. Look at Tuggy. Uh-huh. Look at Tuggy over there. Look at him. <laughs> he, he's got a clenched fist. He's, he's mm-hmm. so excited. <laughs> he's got a little bit of nipple side, a little bit of nipple showing. A uh-huh. bit of nipple. Look yeah. At I'm I'm assuming you didn't go to that last chaotic show uh, and be on the uh, Ace Romero uh, nipple watch. No, I was I was watching Spider Man that night. Oh, okay. You know the next one's in Watertown. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I. I the, so, the front row sold out, but I'm thinking of getting. I'm. I think I'm gonna get a bunch of tickets. I think like my brother's gonna go, my nephew's gonna go, my friend Steve's gonna go. Do you want to go? I'll have to check my calendar. Yeah, you'll have to check your calendar. No, no, legitimately, because uh, January and February is going to suck for me at work. But yeah. Ah, okay. Ah, Brett the Hitman Hart showing up with LOD. Well, let me tell you something. I got the two baddest men in the World Wrestling Federation. And Brett Hart, you're telling everybody he tried to kill me. Well, I only tickled you. The next time, I'm really going to show you what it's all about. And Jack Tunney, you're protecting these wimps. If they were the champions that they all claim they are, they would have to hide behind your skirt. Why the fuck is Typhoon cutting a promo on Jack Tunney? What does he have to do with this? What What does that have to do with anything? 
<laughs> but like seriously, he's like Jack Tunney. If they're the, ch- it's a six man tag match. Is he upset that it's not a a, a match for Brett and Monty at the for the? Uh, oh, God, oh God, Fred, what are you doing? And there's a Jack Tunney. What did I do? <laughs> Why am I catching shrapnel now? Yeah. I think Typhoon, I like to pretend Typhoon got fined uh, $300 for his remarks, yeah. Those belts up on the line. Maybe we can't win a belt there in this match, but we can beat them from post to post. Yeah. Usually it's pillar to post, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, Typhoon was the only American in that group, other than Jimmy, of course. Yeah. All right, so half of them, <laughs> it was only four people. Well, so yeah, but well, two-thirds two of the wrestlers were Canadian there. And then on the other side, Brett's Canadian, but he's a dual citizen. I'm the Mountie. Oh, you want to hear uh, Vince do a read for yes. the upcoming WrestleMania 8 at the Hoosier Dome, a building that was torn down like 12 years ago? The Hoosier Dome, Sunday afternoon, April 5. WWF Superstar, along with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. We'll make a New Year's resolution. We'll be part of the record-breaking crowd at the Hoosier Dome. Reserve your seats by calling 317-239-5151 or call PCA for travel packages at 1-800-622. With all due respect, travel packages to fucking Indianapolis, really? And I say that as somebody who went to South Bend, Indiana, go, go to a hockey game. I mean, yeah, you can make fun of me. For that. Can I go to Can I go to like Pawnee? Is that all right or no? You know, I, I I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you on that front. It's not real. It's like Mudlick, Kentucky. Oh, damn it! Although, actually, no. Did somebody tell me that Mudlick is a real place? Yes. I don't. I can't me. remember if they were fucking with me. It was oh. me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, all right then. They fucking with me. <laughs> Yeah, it is. How about that? Hmm. It's like a county or something. I don't know. Zip code 42167. Yeah. Mudlick is a rural unincorporated community in Monroe County, Kentucky. Why do we why do we talk over Tito's or El Matador's theme music? It's one of my favorite theme songs. <laughs> going to be history. If Flair's as good as you say he is, he could very well be the target for everyone to throw him out of the very, very good McMahon. What do you think? Hey, that's some good tor- storytelling, Vince, because that's exactly mm. what would happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, to El Matador taking on Brian Donahue here. Yeah. You think Brian Donahue's from South Boston? <laughs> well, he's got the sh- he's oh my got the. God. Sh- He's got the shamrock on his ass. Did you see how he took that that drop kick? It was terrible. The arm drag wasn't really much better. Oh, so this is interesting. Why is Kevin Eric doing? Well, remember, the Royal Rumble is any man for himself. So, you know, they are both in the Royal Rumble. And, you know, what happens if these guys cross paths? You know? All right. Let me see if I can get this promo ready. (laughs) I'm out of Ortito Santana. I'll tell you right now, you're my friend, and I respect you as a wrestler and as a man and as a matador. But if you cross my path, 
You're going to have a windstorm of swirling tornado punches, and I'm going to win as I win the 1992 WWF Royal Rumble and the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Wow, how did you get the stuttering down? <laughs> too? Although, although you did take me out at the moment very briefly at the beginning when you said Tito Santana. Uh, like Ker- Kerry is not from East Boston. I'm just letting you know he's from Denton, Texas. He not also wouldn't have said not from Maverick Square. Yeah, from Maverick Square. He wouldn't have said Maverick Square. He also wouldn't have said Tito Santana because he's known as El Matador now. He's not Tito. It, it, these are the guys who lost their names, although they were calling him Kerry a lot, a lot more than I remember. Well, that's just because he had the friggin' jacket on. Yeah. All right, let's see how close you got. You're my friend, but if we meet in the Royal Rumble, friendships are out the window. Okay. <laughs> Thank well, well, he did. He did say you are my friend, and I did say that. Jesus. You are my friend. Well. Isn't that sad that they couldn't even have anybody go like talk about shit about Tito? Well, I would have expected DiBiase to be that guy because that that was the house show program. DiBiase and El Matador, and it was very very brief. It got it basically got cut off the second that they decided to put DiBiase in a tag team with IRS. And there's El Paso de Salsa. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby Heenan has rotted my brain. El Chico, El Chico. With the cape. I'd like to see you charging that cape perfect. I got better things to do, like I said, McMahon. I'm on my way to the funeral parlor. Oh, okay. So Perfect's going to the funeral parlor because Flair's going to be the guest. Perfect should have been like, I already beat Tito multiple times on TV. I got nothing to prove. I got nothing to say. I feel like I feel like Perfect talking about Tito Santana is a lot like you talking about Tito Santana. <laughs> like, what more are you going to say? Yeah, true. I do have trouble. I do have trouble coming up with takes on certain wrestlers these days, don't I? Yeah, remember oh, when I I used to do a podcast? Yeah. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know that you mention it every time, not me. I'm talking about you mention it every time. How yeah. you have trouble talking about Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tito Santana? Because it's like you've said it all. What else are you gonna say? I'm saying this. You're saying it, not. Me, I don't think anything. I think everything you say is a wonderful, fresh take. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. My ass feels perfectly clean now. But at the same time, I just want to say that, like, most of the time when I talk about Duggan, it's me talking about how I don't have anything to talk about Duggan. It's become this meta discussion. So this is a uh, I can picture Flair walking out here. Now, obviously, I know he's been in the funeral parlor before because he had yeah. Hogan there. But yeah. I can just picture him looking around like, huh, this is a lot different than Techwood Studio. Mm. <laughs> Where's Tony Schiavone? Right. Where's the boy, David Crockett? You got fat. <laughs> <laughs> now, had he worked with Percy Pringle ever before? He never made it to like NWA, right? Um. Well, he yeah, per- Percy was in world class, and Flair would and go went down. Right to, yeah, yeah, he would go. He would go down to world class, but he stopped at a certain point. And I don't, yeah, I don't think they ever crossed mm-hmm. because, like, I don't remember Percy Pringle in world class before '86. 
Yeah. And 86 is about the point where Flair stops traveling to these other territories. It would have been really good. It would have been funny if at some point there was a guy that Flair came across and called the guy his NWA name. <laughs> that would have been really like on TV. That would have been. I know Flair was a consummate professional, but it would have been really funny if he came out and he was like, "Let me tell you something, Percy." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't stand for that kind of crap. <laughs> no. Look at how luscious his hair is. That it's grown back now. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it wasn't pre-Roman Gladiator Spartacus era, but that hair was glorious. His ninety hair dude was just was beautiful. He's got a new lease on life. Yeah. Baker may be big. He may be from the dark side, but there's two things he's not. One is he's not perfect, and the other is he's not the real world champion. Now that I think about it, we never got a Mr. Perfect versus Undertaker match that I recall. No, because by the time, because they were always heels and faces together at the same time. They were a package deal. (laughs) They were. Well, they were, yeah, because they were heels in 90 up until, really up until, yeah, because Undertaker turns in 92. Mm-hmm. And then he's still out of wrestling until perfect. Still out of wrestling until 90, what? 92. Mm-hmm. And then by that point he feuds with their both faces. So yeah, we never did. Huh? I wonder yeah. if, wait, did perfect ever fight the undertaker when he came back in Oh two? He might've. Uh, no, uh, I, I did a quick look here and there isn't. However, there is a, a very interesting match on YouTube, a dark match from a January of 02 Raw, Mr. Perfect versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> wonder if that's like a I wonder if that was a a retaliation to the flight from hell. No, no, that was before the the the, the plane ride from hell match. That was that was the rematch. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You think there's a blade in the tape of his fingers there? <laughs> Always. Yes. Uh, that forehead is like peanut butter at this point. <laughs> Look at it from my point of view. I'm already the real the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champion. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was a custom. That, that's not the tag belt that he's holding there. It's a different belt, but at least it. Yeah, you might be right. No, that's a t- they didn't. You think he made? First of all, Vince would have made would not have made a custom real world's championship belt and not have Flair put it on television. No, they did. You you know what you know what happened is they made they made another belt for him to use, but then it was uh, the the court said uh, it looks too much like the big gold belt, so you can't use that one either. I there's a I saw a picture of it a while back. But. Yeah. Maybe one of our uh, uh, the, faithful listeners it, can help us out with that. It's the real, what is it, just 
real world title. Isn't that the no, stupidest no. thing ever? It's it's a it's a world title that looked like the big gold belt, but wasn't the big gold belt. And then they created another one that looked like the tag belt. And then there then he also used the actual tag belt. <laughs> like at Survivor Series ninety one, he's clearly holding the tag belt. Yeah. But he used other ones. You know, this is something I would like to have record keeping. I want to know which belt Flair carried every house show. I would love it if uh, I would love that. That would be great. I mean, (laughs) it's the dumbest thing ever. Like, it's so dumb. No, the dumbest thing ever is me keeping track of the Bruins record in games I go to based on where I park. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing ever. So you're ahead <laughs> so you're saying that if you park in certain places they have a better winning percentage yeah except for the fact that now i park it really in one spot because it, it used to be a thing where you know if i if i had to work i had to park at wellington or, mm. or whatever so it would be like four or five different places now uh-huh. i basically park in two spots so you know. oh, okay yeah, okay so winning the wwf championship is secondary to the main mission in my life right now. And that is to the total disgrace, the head bowing of Hulk Hogan. Look at it like this. I've got the greatest ring technician of all time at my side, Mr. Perfect. And we all know Beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm already going to the Hall of Fame. So the Royal Rumble. Nice. <laughs> By the way, Meltzer, he's not talking about your bullshit Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, what Hall of Fame was he talking about in 1991? <laughs> the WWF hmm. Hall of Fame. Maybe that's what actually yet. founded the Hall of Fame. You think so? I mean, Vince is like, God, God damn, pal, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that is a good idea. That'll sell tickets. Uh, that'll be a good way for us to sell DVDs. Um, yeah. yeah, what Hall of Fame is he talking about? The Baseball Hall of Fame? I could see <laughs> I could see Ric Flair getting inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame by a guy like Pete Rose. Like, Pete Rose doing the induction. <laughs> it's actually the Boxing Hall of Fame in Schenectady, New York. <laughs> the most difficult and all of professional wrestling. Yes! Woo! I say, fuck you, War Games. <laughs> I'm putting over this one now. I'm putting over this match because Pat Patterson's blowing me in the back. Oh. 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 you have nothing to lose. And you know that everybody worldwide, whether they like it, or don't like it, will have to say when I win the WWF title that I am the greatest of all time. Jack Tunney, video to start my title now. But when I hold that WWF title in front of that television camera, when I'm the champion, the whole world will stand up They'll have no choice but to say it's Mr. Perfect and it's the real world champion. It's notoriety. It's more money than any of you out there 
will ever know. And it's being able to say that you are number one, Hulk Hogan, you for the rest of your natural born life will have to walk the face of this earth at number two. No, no, no. As number three. As, as number three. So that was a that was a great promo. Dare I say something of a hidden gem? Mm. But um, I have one problem with it. What the hell is up with making perfect like on the same level as as Flair? That, yeah, that's a, that's a little weird. Yeah, that's that's odd. It's weird because you're saying this guy is the real world's champion, mm. and you're trying to equate him, and you're equating him with a guy who, yeah, he was the IC champ for a while, but you know, didn't really come close to the, I mean, yeah, he faced Hogan. He faced what, I don't know if he ever faced warrior for the world title, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it strikes me as a little strange. Mm. Now that artwork right there, the artwork for the 92 rumble, I prefer over the 91 rumble, obviously because it's got Sid in it and it's got flair in it. Mm -hmm. And Jake is holding a massive Cobra. <laughs> and and weird and weirdly, Earthquake is there despite the fact that he is not in the Rumble match. <laughs> it's it's like he's Kramer on that uh, on that uh, play. What, yeah. what was it? Scarsdale surprise. But yeah, you Scarsdale. didn't have anything to do with the production of the match. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dion Warwick, Cindy Lauper, Bushwhacker Luke. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, look you start <laughs> yeah gene uh gene's still wearing his same clothes as before mm. how many of those really... wwf blazers do you think he had oh i would say probably at least a dozen if not two dozen mm. just I mean, I know. I mean all of them again i mean how like often do you wear a coat like a sports coat like that you know well, I think he wore it on TV most times, and usually that dark blue color. But I know that there was a there was a yellow one, there was a mm. blue one, yeah, red. Okay, we got we're we're gonna announce the but it's Gene announcing the lineup, so it's yeah. it's not quite the Rick same. Bartell, Hercules, <laughs> Hercules, what a fucking threat that guy God, is! The first three guys out of the gate, Martell. Well, Hercules and then Superfly. Oof. Oh, how how, da how dare you include Martel in the same league with that? The, uh, that Grant, lot. Snooker was Snooker was a big deal at one time, but not anymore. Superfly Jimmy Snooker, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Look at that picture. He got rid of that thrush, though. I think <laughs> that you <laughs> talked his, about every time. That's his SummerSlam '91 picture. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's not because he's got the drill sergeant hat on again. He's not wearing the uh, French beret that apparently the Saudi, the uh, not Saudi, the is Iraqi forces would wear. Yeah. Oh boy, he, he really does look like one of Bill Swirsky's super fans, though. He sure does. And this oh. man, the British Bulldog. Oh great, we got. Oh the boy. All right, can I predict what Bulldog's going to say here? Yeah, he's going to say War and Wumble, uh, thirty participants. I'm going to face 30 other guys, which is a, you know, a mistake because mm -hmm. it's 29. 
and he's going to say something about the warlord. Warlord, if we cross paths, I'm going to take you out if Hogan doesn't do it first. And then he's going to mention something about the Royal Albert Hall Battle Royal. <laughs> All right, let, let's see how many of those talking points I got. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> the gold is on the line of the Royal Rumble. No friends. Everybody is an enemy of the Royal Rumble. The British Bulldog is coming for one reason and one reason only, and that's to take the gold. Well, that was uneventful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like me betting like a four four leg. <laughs> I, mean, so, I was just gonna say it's like your four T's parlays. No, no, it's like when I bet like a four leg parlay and I don't hit any of them, like. Yeah, if I had hit three out of four, I still would have lost. But it's particularly embarrassing when you get all of them wrong. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have an NHL parlay going tonight. I'm very, I'm very eager. There's only two games though, so. Oh. oh. Uh, actually, I do want to share one gambling story with you today. Yes, Because this is very funny. Uh, I had, I, I had some money on the Anaheim Ducks again today, as I am want to do. And uh, they're playing in Las Vegas this afternoon. And I did a parlay of under six and a half total goals in the game and plus two and a half puck line for Anaheim because I thought, "Eh, whatever. But it gave me like plus 140 odds. So that that, that's fine. So Anaheim's got either win or lose by uh, one or two goals. And they're losing three to nothing for most of the game. And they score a meaningless garbage time power play goal with 12 seconds left in the third oh, period to okay. cover my cover my bet. God bless you, Anaheim Ducks. I, I love you so much, and I'm not just saying that because I have uh, some a lot of scratch a lot of scratch on them to make the playoffs. A lot of skadoosh. Yeah. How do you like How do you like that Jerry Sags picture for Rumble? <laughs> the idea that the, the idea that this nasty boys. We're entering the Royal Rumble with a chance to possibly win. What would have been what would have been more unbelievable if Jerry Sags had won or if Brian Nobbs had won? Hey, Nobbs was in the final three the year before. He was a legit threat. Oh, <laughs> You're selling, except some dude stabbed him in upstate New York, and that's why he missed the missed the match. Mm. Yeah. A, a, fa- a fan incident, which which sounds makes it sound very old school, but it was nineteen ninety two. Wait a minute, they spelled Nobbs' name wrong. Look at how fat his bottom lip is right there, too. Wait. Look at that picture, Sid. That's like a classroom picture. All right. All right. Look at Nobbs. They spelled his name wrong. Yeah, there's no K. What the fuck? This is two weeks in a row with spelling errors? Now, granted, boy, was not the early 90s was not a good time if you want your name spelled correctly and you had blonde hair. It's about the only things uh, Wyndham and Nobbs have in common, other than the fact that they're both uh, WWF Tag Team Champions. And, oh wait, the Nasty Boys aren't in the Hall of Fame. I was going to say Hall of Fame is, but the Nasty Boys are not in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's a matter of time, isn't it? I mean, eventually everybody's going to be in the Hall of Fame, isn't it? Well, Warlord's not in. You know who should be in? This fucking guy right here. Barbarian? How is he not not in the Hall of Fame? Well, if Barbarian's in, Warlord's got to go in, too. But yeah, but uh, I mean, they should be in the Observer Hall of Fame by virtue of not uh, kill- killing their wife and kid. Uh, but, uh, uh, uh. Oh, they didn't have good matches in Japan. 
No. They never faced a Carter. <laughs> the Barbarian and the Repo Man. <laughs> they let Repo Man cut promos on this. God, what the world needs right now is a Repo Man promo. <laughs> wow. Chef's kiss for this. In advance. Because you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. The Royal Rumble is going to be very interesting. All those wrestlers aren't even going to know I'm going to be there until it's too late. Because what they think is theirs isn't going to be. It's going to be mine. And that's the World Wrestling Federation Championship. <laughs> hmm. Now, you know what it would have been a good gag during the Rumble? is What's if. That? If they kept cutting back, so the buzzer hits, nobody comes out, right? And then they go into the back, and Repo Man's going through everybody's gear, like repossessing shit. (laughs) Now that would, and then they kept going back to Repo Man, and you see him. He's got like he's got Flair's robe. (laughs) He's got like the Mountie the Mountie Shock stick. (laughs) There's there's only I I love the idea, but there's only one problem with it. What? Because in the 92 Rumble, as Bobby Heenan said, Virgil was number 23, and we he said that he went through a lot of bags in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how many bags he went through in the back? Berserker, oh, the Berserker. The band, Randy Savage, IRS, and this band, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, All right, Piper. All right. We're not we're not going to predict what he says, but let's you, on a, you can't on a scale from zero to 14, zero, meaning perfectly sober, 14, meaning he just ate a three car garage. How coked up is Piper for this promo? Uh, 15. You know what? I'm gonna say that it's only at a six because I think oh, yeah. cal- I, I think I think he calmed down a bit when Flair got there. He, he sounds less coked out because I, I think he switched from coke to drinking. Because I don't think <laughs> Flair, I don't know if Flair is a big coke guy. I know Flair is a drinker. I don't know if Flair is a big coke guy. You think he is? Well, but he might not be. I I don't I, I'm not sure that he was, especially with that Carl Malden nose. Uh, he probably wouldn't have been able to share very much of it. Yeah, no, so no. I'm gonna say that. Once Flair showed up, Piper started drinking again. So, yeah, I'm going to say he's I would agree with you. Seven's about right. All right. So let's let's see what he let's see what he says and we can judge for ourselves. Dare to dream. You got to dare to dream. I heard some of the other wrestlers talking about me in the Royal Rumble for the WWF championship. They say, oh, that Piper, he's a bad apple. That's B-A-D-D, brother. Bad, yes, but we're not talking warming. We're talking something you gotta consider. Something you know is gonna blindside you. 29 guys, including myself, make 30. That'll do anything they can to become champ. No, you were right when you said 15. <laughs> what the hell? He was like, he went bad. B-A, and I was like, Bad New Brown? Is he going to go blackface, half blackface again? Uh, you know that that's edited out of WrestleMania 6. On the I network. know. Um, yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Hey, well, yeah, I know. But I, I, I have no need to see that match again. So no, I... no, the match itself is terrible. But you need to see that because it's part of our history. I don't you have know. to know that at Come one on. point in time, Roddy like... Roddy Piper performed in blackface. You sound like one of those Confederate flag guys. It's like, no. Uh... You know, at a certain point, the match sucked, and I don't need to see it again. So, but the story of afterwards is so good and relevant 
that he couldn't yeah. get the paint off because they took they, they got rid of his his paint remover. Like that's the best part. <laughs> Real world champion Ric Flair, Skinner, the Big Boss Band, Skinner, Shawn Michaels, oh, the rocker Marty Jannetty. Marty looked faded as fuck in that picture. Jesus. Hadn't they already split up by this point? I uh, know that happened the next day on Challenge. Oh, okay. All right. Jake the Snake Roberts, who's standing by with Tommy. Ooh, Jake. Hmm. All right. Well, we could do a coked out thing with Jake, but we we no. knew that he, he always delivered the mail from a promo perspective, especially during this time period. Jake is definitely not coked out, but he's definitely strung out on heroin right here. He's got that think. He's got that thinker pose going on, where he's got like, you know, let left hand to chin. Like, hmm, hmm. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think that Randy Savage is gonna see just how dangerous I can be. <laughs> the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship belt on the line at Royal Rumble. Thirty men get a shot at it. Well, you know, Undertaker and I have talked about it. We've both decided that either one of us would be a better champion than any other 28. So we'll get the job done when the time comes. You can count on that. Savage, <laughs> how's Elizabeth? Ah! <laughs> what a creep. What a creep. Oh, that's Perfect. so great. And I'm very pleased that Jake got the math right because he said yeah. other 28. Yep. Well, yeah. I'm happy with that. There's your, there's your winner right there. <laughs> Look at Teddy DiBiase going, who, me? Yeah, DiBiase looks like he's mid-stroke when that picture was taken. <laughs> what's that? What, what's what's who, this all about? Who, me? <laughs> he's, got looks like, like, he's got the fucking Panama Canal on the side of his face here. What looks, the hell? Looks like, looks like, he looks like friggin' Vincent LaGuardia. Party of Gambini. <laughs> Jerry <laughs> Gallo. You know, what's, right. you, know what's, you know what? Not only are the hair clips in My Cousin Vinny, they're also in Casino. And now I can't ever unsee it. Every time I see Joe Pesci, I'm looking for the friggin' hair clips. Well, uh, oh, you mean like the sideburn, the sideburn things to yeah, lift yes. up his face. Yeah. Yes. You son of a bitch. I'm, I'm sorry that. Wow. I've, I've, ruined, I've ruined Joe Pesci movies for you You've now. You've ruined Joe Pesci. Mm. Hey, they put Duggan right after DiBiase there. Hey, yeah. Can we can we see who the next one is? Because it's like, see how it's like in the background and it's not quite coming forward yet. That's El Matador. I think it is. Yeah. That's Chico. The Matador, Tito Santana. Uh, how disrespectful of oakland to say the matador it says el matador and of course valentine comes right in behind tito <laughs> boy please these say, nods to please really say we get please say we get a freaking valentine promo oh i'd like that hey he went 44 minutes the year before supposedly as valentine says in a shoot interview as punishment for something like i i i don't know i didn't quite, oh, follow, really? I, didn't quite I didn't quite follow with the uh, he, you you last forty four minutes in the rumble as a punishment, mm. but I guess is oh you have to keep working. You know it's an mm. it's a night you get the paid the same whether you're in there ten minutes or forty four. I'd like to think Valentine got a better payday in ninety one rumble than he would have otherwise, but mm. who knows? Greg the Hammer Valentine, Turtle Mustafa. 
Oh, Colonel Mustafa and then Virgil. Okay. Are we done yet? The Undertaker. Jesus. Oh, okay. Oh, now we get to listen to Hollywood. Another fucking Hogan promo. All right. Well, I don't have a problem with Hogan per se, but I'm going to play it at two times speed because I think it'll be funnier. Okay. Okay. Well, what does Hogan sound like at two times speed? Go. Hogan. Yo, just like usual, Hulkamaniacs, our timing couldn't be better, man. It's impeccable at this point. With the Undertaker and Paul Bear and Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect flying around the WWF like a bunch of wild banshees, what better way to cage them up? Right, the Royal Rumble. Take care of all the family business on one given day. Well, Don Colon, Hulk Hogan, brother, is going to find a nice place not only to deposit the Undertaker, but a place to deposit Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Paul Bear, and anybody else in the WWF to try to stop me from getting the WWF title back. I'm going to walk the wild side of the Maniacs. The three of the pairs of diamonds. I'm going to throw a baby face. So. Imagine a universe just, in which Hogan is the micro machines man. I just, I just, I just shit myself. Oh, I'm very, I'm very sorry. I didn't know Hogan was playing the brown note. Undertaker will have special seating for the Royal Rumble. They get to select numbers 20 through 30. Fucking drives me nuts that they did 20 through 30 when it should have been 21 through 30. He he said seating, but it sounded like he said seating. They get special seating. They're going to be in the front row. They're going to be VIPs. Mm. Oh, there's matches that didn't happen. Smiling Bret Hart against Mountie. Brett has a very odd smile. Yes. That's why he didn't do it often. Yeah. Oh, and this oh Bushwhackers. Match. Yeah, that match that lasted forever and Heenan saved by just roasting Jameson for 17 consecutive minutes. <laughs> the Iron Man match, the Beverly's and the Bushwhackers. Yeah. New foundation against the Orient Express. Put on a that banger. That match wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't Rockers Orient Express from the year before. No, but, but it was a banger nonetheless. Yeah. The undisputed World Wrestling Federation champ. We are one week away, ladies and gentlemen. Don't delay. All right. We're, we're very excited. Yes. We all love the 92 Royal Rumble. Yes. I was probably oh, yeah. so excited for that stupid pay per view. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was off the charts for it. I don't know I don't... who I picked. Who I had picked. I think I picked Sid Justice to win. I was like, I think Sid Justice is going to win. I, yeah, I was so unbelievably excited. And then when Sid didn't win, I was pissed. And then I was even more pissed when they changed the audio of it because I felt my intelligence was insulted. And then when, when Sid turns heel, I'm like, oh, well, fuck this. You know, I, I started to get more angry. And then like four months later, I'm not even watching anymore. <laughs> And I had the exact opposite, whereas I was I was angry that they did they edited the audio, that they changed the audio. But then yeah. as soon as he turned heel, I was like, this is this is yes, this is right. This is all right in the world. Mm-hmm. But oddly enough, I wasn't upset about The Undertaker becoming a face. He's probably the only bad guy that became a good guy that I didn't think it was a mistake. Usually mm. when a guy goes from heel to face, I think it's a mistake. Um not the other way around. It's never a mistake when a he- when a face becomes a heel. It's never a mistake. But I thought it was a mistake for pretty much most faces to become for most heels to become faces. But oddly enough, not the Undertaker. I was okay with him becoming a face. 
He might have been the only one. I think Hulk Hogan's face turn in 82 worked pretty well. <laughs> I don't well, I don't know. I'm just well, speculating. Okay. Well, I mean, or, but he had so, or Randy didn't he have to leave the company. Well, oh, yeah. eventually, well, he was a face in the AWA okay. at the end, mean, but right, Sa- Savage in 80, Savage in 87, 87, but I think your retort to that should be, those are the exceptions that prove the rule yes. because that, that's always the best comeback. Like, I think it's one step up from, yeah, but still. Yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, we got a Tatanka vignette and this oh, reminds me. I would like to tell you about some of the dark matches on this taping because one of them included Mr. Chris Chavis. Mm. Uh, Jesus, where the hell did I keep? Okay. Um, sorry, I, I, I lost my freaking page here for a second. Well, while you're finding it, this is the exception that disproves the rule because his heel turn was awful. So. Oh. Oh, absolutely terrible. So, yeah. all right. So this this is Austin, Texas, at the Frank Irwin Center, mm-hmm. uh, December yeah, December fourth, uh, ninety one. Uh, dark matches include Chris Chavis, not Tatanka, defeated J.W. Storm. Sir Charles defeated Dale Wolf. Now, Sir Charles, you may know better as Papa Shango, comma. The, oh. Supreme Fighting Machine and The Godfather. And also, uh, Bret Hart defeated Louis Spicoli. I don't know why that needed to be a dark match, but okay. Uh, But this was a very interesting note. Prior to the... I mean, let let me just... I have to ask you before before this. Consider this like a warning to the audience as well. I'm going to have to ask you to sit down before I read this. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need you to sit down. Okay, I'm sitting. Prior to the taping, mm-hmm. the big boss man and Kerry Von Erich spoke to Cub Scouts and their parents about mm-hmm. the dangers of drugs. <sighs> Being honest and honoring your parents. Von Eric reportedly told the kids his brother David died after he was repeatedly kicked by a Japanese wrestler. <laughs> so here's this lecture about being honest. <laughs> Kerry just fucking makes up why his brother died. He might as well have said that his brother David died at the hands of a uh, homosexual mafia bo- mafia captain. <laughs> you saying he, v- when, he re- when he refused to show up for a Padres Yankee game. I, I, I'm very obsessed with that uh, from The Sopranos because as I, oh wait, I, I did share that as GFA text where I, uh, I, yeah. I I sent you a text that said, well, I didn't know that Meadow Soprano did get David Von Erich. <laughs> he worked heel down in Florida before he joined up with Tony's crew. Good Lord. That's a, that's a, that's, that's, that's just fucking bonkers. You could have sent, a, there's a lot of people at those tapings. They could have sent anyone, anybody else out there. Yeah. They send, I, well, they send the Kerry Von Eric. I mean, I guess the well, boss man. Remember, you know. remember where that, remember where this is. It's Austin, Texas. So it's not far, <sighs> from, not far from Dallas. And Kerry had a lot of cachet in Texas. Now, Lord. now the Von Eric oh. name had definitely faded by that point because, I mean, 
uh, you know, I'm too, I'm too many of them sure, had fucking died. No, I'm pretty sure that if Bret Hart or Jim Duggan, Randy Savage, any of them showed up in lieu of Kerry, it would have been, oh, okay, hey, how you doing? You know, <laughs> I, I, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. So you, so you want to watch this uh, Tatanka vignette? The drum beats and my people dance on into the night. For it is through dance that they hold on to the sacred traditions of our Native American. He's reading these cards like he's a fucking Peanuts character. What the hell? No, no, I mean, I mean one of the children. <laughs> no, I mean one of the adults. That's all you <laughs> Yeah. Ancestors. They dance a dance of celebration, of friendship, of spirit, both young and old, offer a sacred salute to the spirits above. And as I watch this dance that holds an honored place among my people, I suddenly realize that I too have found my place. With the help of all my people and the great spirits above and all those that will follow, I vow to bring the sacred wisdom of the Indian nation back to its rightful place on this earth. I will be a leader of the new Indian nation. Okay. <laughs> Any thoughts? That's a thing that happened. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's very proud of his heritage, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse, right? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing on TV there? Uh. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's my other favorite Sopranos thing is when um Junior oh, Larry Sopra- David when Junior Soprano when Junior when they flip on Curb Your Enthusiasm and he thinks Larry David is him and and that uh Jeff Garland is Bobby. <laughs> what am I doing on there? Uh, <laughs> that's funny. All right, a natural disaster squash to close us out this week. Oh, hey. What does that mean to close us out? <laughs> <laughs> to end the show? To end the show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this apparently is one of those weeks where my drop can break up my party. Where my oh. drops don't play on time. No, it played on time. Look at her. I oh. guess. Oh my God, he's only 28 at this point, right? Well, yeah. Why are they doing an upskirt shot of the of uh, earthquake? Because <laughs> if there's one thing we want to see, it's his grundle. That's what we want to mm-hmm. see is earthquake's grundle. Hey. And there he is. And there he is wearing a two-piece outfit that we that we discovered after watching <laughs> episode 91. Yeah, that that's actually a top. <laughs> I got him brushing off a drop kick. I always like when big guys would do that. Sure. It's like, why don't? Why doesn't everybody just do that? 
I saw a clip of uh, on Twitter. I forget who posted it, but it was an earthquake. It was an earthquake like match on Monday Night Raw, and I think it was. I forget what year it was, but it was. It was yeah, him as a face. And who's he? He's beating up uh, some name guy. I forget who it is, but I, I and I just it made me long for. Wow, it would have been so awesome if he had had like another big run, you know. Well, I mean, he goes to WCW and has the weird, almost almost parallels with the Big Boss Man, where mm-hmm. they struggle to find a, an appropriate character for him, and then yeah. eventually are just like, you know what, fuck it, I, I'm just gonna, I, I'm a man, not a shark. Yeah. And eventually, he, Boss Man just decides he's Ray Trailer. Yes. So, do we want to listen to the LOD promo? I mean, you could play it. Okay. <laughs> Rumble. Just like every average normal human, we are a little bit fond of this gold, and we ain't giving it up. See, I, I, I enjoy Hawk promos. Yeah. No, this was the weirdest. This was the weirdest arc between the disasters and the LOD. It, it just so was. It was so odd with them like having you know running the circuit. Never really having a like their payoff matches is at the rumble. Yeah, and then, and then it, all, a, a count out. And then it and then it ends like and then the next thing you know you have DiBiase and IRS come out of nowhere and win the titles. Yeah, Hawk Hawk having his weird issues. Well, not weird. I mean, we all kind of you know it's kind of written what that was, but. Having to turn earthquake and typhoon suddenly face is a little strange too, especially when you consider that LOD isn't really gone for that long. No, they almost tur- I, I they turn these guys face right really after I, right after Money Inc wins the titles, and yeah, you'd have to think it almost feels like a mistake because apparently what happened when IRS won the titles that time is that the natural disasters helped them which is why they never showed it on TV, because then it yeah. makes the whole storyline not make sense. The storyline being that Jimmy Hart screwed over the natural disasters, which yeah. it's like... And then they ran kind of the same story with the Nasty Boys, where Nasty Boys felt like they were second fiddle or some shit. Right. I don't know. It just it didn't make any sense. The, this is kind of when the tag team... Which is funny, because... The tag team division still had a lot of guy, like a lot of good teams in it in '92, but this is like the beginning of the end of the tag team division because you really didn't have any logical storylines that made any sense. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Again, I feel I just don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> hey, it was very nice of Earthquake to let Typhoon have the pin here. Sure. Yeah. You probably get a little bit of a bonus when you get the pin, you know. The the enhance the enhancement guy said, "Please, I do not want John Tenta's balls in my face <laughs> for three seconds." <laughs> for a three second count out. So I'll just take I'll take Tugboat's side boob Nip, nipples. Yes. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Fred Ottman's nipples. He did he didn't fall out. It looks like it looks not like they're covered. One. Look, Dusty, yeah. I'm a heel. <laughs> I'm gonna have you naked by the end of this match. Boom. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. 
All right. I have something very special for you right now. It is. It's the year 1992. So Virgil is coming off his hottest year. He's he's probably looking towards the future. (laughs) And like, okay, how how am I going to get back to that spot? (laughs) But unfortunately, this would be the final great Virgil moment. Okay. And I'm going to play this and you're going to know immediately why. I already know why. I know, I know you know why. I mean, I've only been talking about this for fucking two years now. <laughs> hey, Repo Man, I'm standing right here. I'm going to call to your face, man. You're a punk. You're a liar. You're a thief. And guess what? You're a coward. That's right. I'm going to prove it that you're a coward when I meet you face to face. When you whack me in the face, man, that brought me down to reality, man. I said, I'm going to knock this guy out. That's right. Just like Mama said, knock you out. Repo Man, you're going to go down. One, two, three. Out cold. Mama said, knock you out. There it is. The Mama said, knock you knock you out promo. <laughs> the promo to end all promos. Yep. It's all downhill from here, Verge. <laughs> but does it leave a sour taste in your mouth that it was about Repo Man and not Ted DiBiase? <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, is Virgil on cameo? Can we, can we get a, Virgil has to be on cameo. Can we get a cameo of him just going, hey, Pete, mama said knock you out. Virgil is probably on cameo, but I get the sense that he's probably one of those guys who charges like an insanely high amount, like not in line with what somebody of his stat, like, and it's probably like a weird odd number, like three hundred and seventy-seven dollars, something like that. <laughs> oh, so for personal use, Virgil or Soul Train Jones yeah. charges eighty-five. For businesses, it's four hundred and eighty-three. Well, I think those are are longer. Yeah. Ones, yeah. So. WWE legend, undefeated at Mania, leader of the NWO, was Andre's road dog. Trained HBK, crushed breadsticks and meat sauce all day long, all day, and I used to be a slave. <laughs> oh. Okay, then. All right. So, yeah, T- you, you saw Tito versus DiBiase. I'll, I'll, read the, I'll read the full results of the Boston Garden Show after we hear from DiBiase, and I would presume Sherry's got to be there, too, right? Yeah, you would think so. Oh yeah, there she is. This there's my pinup girl. It's my pinup girl. <laughs> mm. I like I like the bow tie too. I bet that would mm-hmm. I bet that probably gets used as a choker, but you know. It's, By her husband, as we know, she was course. a very she was a faithful woman. Yeah, yes, Keith. <laughs> what a hero, Sherry. Yeah. What a hero Tito Santana is to his people. Oh. Well, we took you down, and we showed you what kind of hero you are. We took him right down and showed him that scummy neighborhood that you grew up in, Santana. How about that silly-looking bull? Yeah, a bullfighter? <laughs> Did you see what kind of bull Santana learned how to fight? Yeah, the kind they milk. That's the only kind. <laughs> and then the people, the people that love and praise you, Santana. A guy cleaning out a garbage can, another lazy bum asleep on a park bench. That's your kind of people, Santana. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he kind he kind of almost straightened out his face there, like they, mm. they they didn't cut away from the laugh quickly enough. Mm. There, there's oh. the there's the match right there, the new foundation against the quote the barbarian and the warlord. <laughs> like we're not going to pretend that these two guys have a history here. Like that kind of, you know what? I was probably watching this show when it originally aired, and I'm like, <laughs> like I, I see the little graphic there for the new foundation, and okay, it's great. They get the taxi cab thing, like it's the yeah. last season of Seinfeld. And then on the other side, it's Barbarian and Warlord with no, no acknowledgement of the powers of pain. Oh, fuck. Exactly. That's what I would say in that case. <laughs> it would have been really funny if it said new foundation versus the old powers of pain. <laughs> That would be funny, as evidenced by my uh, hearty laughter to that rejoinder. <laughs> I'm glad I got you to pop. Mm-hmm. I was struggling this uh, episode. <laughs> you always get me at like hour and forty minutes. <laughs> what is what is with the, why the fuck can't DBRC pose for a normal photo? That's the weirdest photo. It looks like you just smelled a fart. <laughs> The fuck exactly what kind of likeness is that <laughs> these pictures are so bad can you just make that a t-shirt <laughs> what oh, the god what, el matador versus the million dollar man <laughs> yeah both of these guys have lost their names Ugh. Yeah. I, I i like to think that they got uh brett on an apple crate there so he's above LOD. How much taller than LOD is? I didn't know Bret Hart was seven foot three. Why does the Mountie look like a pencil? <laughs> his top of his hat looks like a pencil. Well, it's a Mountie hat. Uh, no? Oh, and Fred, look at Fred. Fred Ottman looking as sultry as ever. No, I'm serious. Why does Bret Hart look like he's seven foot three? I mean, it looks like he he's is. guarding Shaq. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Did, oh, I, oh, I, I, I love this music that they would play in the event center. Oh, yeah. The commercial. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to let it fly. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan battles Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect in the corner for the so-called real world champion this Saturday night, January 18th at the Boston Garden. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that those are the lyrics to that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the nasty boys. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, we, well, we could watch next week's uh, superstars of wrestling, and uh, oh, we have to. <laughs> Macho Man versus the Barbarian. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Just a couple of guys who captain their teams at Survivor Series '88. Thing. Thing. <laughs> I I have to get that in, like the way that there's a Superman reference in every episode of Seinfeld. Yes. Uh, There's always a connection to Survivor Series 88. Oh. All right. right, Personal interview with Hulk Hogan? Should we play it at four times speed? (laughs) Can we? (laughs) I guess. Oh, Oh, boy. Well, that was a good show. That show was friggin' loaded, man. Holy crap. It was good to get back into like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know what we could do is we could watch the next week's superstars and then watch, as you can see there, the the Rumble matches on YouTube. And I know I've covered that in 
you know, in the in the past. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, watching the 92 Rumble, you know, there are worse things to do with our time. Absolutely not. I think that would and, be a fine thing to watch. And it would give me an excuse to uh, do that Rumble 92 remix that I did years <laughs> ago. Set yes. to that, uh, set to that, uh, I forgot the name of the band, but it's uh, Birdland by yeah. uh, the Weather yeah. Station. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck their name is. Weather Report. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's, I remember that. That was good. <laughs> that, that took me forever to do. Birdland. So that, it's like it's like that. That and the Angela Mosca song will, will will live on forever as the best audio that they put together. Yes. Come on, Birdland. Cal. We got down. We got up. We got funky, and we got bad. <laughs> we're we're lo- we're losing a lot of celebrities these days. I mean, I'm you know. Oh, the, oh, that thing? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Talk about losing celebrities while this music plays. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I knew that song from? What? There's a Larry Bird special that I have on my YouTube channel, and it, it, it plays a montage of Bird's highlights set to the song Birdland. <laughs> and I really enjoy that. That is a great song. It is a great song to do like a recap. Yeah. Well, these are all the people that died. I'm a, I'm a little. Uh, oh, there, there it is. Yeah. See my yeah. YouTube video, Larry Bird special, Larry's best. There's one that I posted this years ago. I uh, see October fifth, uh, twenty sixteen. Good lord. Thirty one thousand nine hundred sixty two views. <laughs> that was when we still had hope that uh, Hillary Clinton was going to be the president of the United States. Well. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. 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 Baggage, you know. <laughs> I want to hear this music. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, I transferred this from a VHS tape, so it's it's not the not oh the my. great. I mean, it sounds like a vacuum cleaner in the background. I can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why this is my that's my favorite thing about you is the obscurities that you have that you find interesting. Well, I had a Larry Bird tape and I needed to convert it. But the fact that you then went and found the Birdman, the Birdland, yeah. <laughs> and used it in a wrestling thing is just amazing. Well, I knew what the song was because it got claimed for copyright this. Oh. But you can see, like, the uh, songs. Yeah, right there. Oh, yeah. Birdland album, Weather Report. Ooh, Larry Bird, Larry Bird dunks. Look, look at this. I, I love this one because he hangs on the rim like he's fucking Barkley. Mm. Boy, this evolved into a Larry Bird podcast so gradually I didn't even notice. Do you think that do you think Larry Bird looked better with or without his mustache? With the mustache. Yeah. And they it's a uh, 65 footer. 
man, that guy was, he was so good. And then that guy is so excited, he high fives the guy next to him's arm. <laughs> Like I could, I can tell what season it is by Larry Bird's hair. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like Bruno's hair. <laughs> it's not quite like Bruno's hair. Like eighty-seven, eighty-eight is when he started wearing it short. Yeah, but but I can I can tell. Uh, I'm enough of a bird scholar that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just going to let this play through the uh, Johnny Most call of the uh, three-pointer against Washington in uh, 87, which actually wasn't a three-pointer, but whatever. And a bunch of white and a bunch of white dudes congratulate Larry because that was basically the Celtics bench at that time. Right. By the way, Johnny Most lived in the retirement home that my sister worked at. Yeah. Like in the early 90s. And she said he was the most miserable asshole of all time. (laughs) Which is funny because my sister can qualify for being the most miserable asshole of all time. (laughs) So talk talk about takes one to no one. Mm. Okay. Thank you for letting me watch that Larry Bird video for two minutes. Yeah. It's always good to hear Johnny most, you know? Yes. Been gone, oh, these many years. Hey, that's how that's how I handled the early pandemic, is I just watched, like, NBA you games did. in the 80s, yeah? Yep, you did. I remember that. Yeah. Would you ever want to go to the uh, Baker Street Jewish Cemetery in West Roxbury to go pay homage to Johnny most, or no? Um, <laughs> no. I, I feel, I f- nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I'm all right. I feel I feel like that guy working with uh, Harry Doyle uh, in Major League. Ah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Doyle. Uh, okay. Oh All right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to burp into the mic there, okay. like that. That's kind of a kind of kind of a sign yeah. that. Uh, All right. Good that, job, um, Stern. Hey. I don't know what you think. Coward, but I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where that track is. So sorry, I can't play the drop. That's okay. <laughs> thank, th- thank you so much for joining me, Keithy. We're we're gonna get this wrapped in under two hours for for a show that la- for a show that lasted forty six minutes. Excellent. <laughs> And ha- happy new year. I-, I suspect that I'm going to be posting this at 12.01 so I can okay. say I had the earliest podcast in uh, 2022. Nice. But well, happy new year. Yes. To all the listeners. And please, yes. if, you- if you've enjoyed this, if you can leave a five star review on Apple podcasts or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted because it provides what is known as social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this program. Now, Keithy is on Twitter for GFA text purposes at Flounder824. I am on Twitter at GF Allentown Pod. A reminder, though, that Twitter is an absolute cesspool, so limit your time on there. You know, it's one of my New Year's resolutions. 
And you can email at greetingsmalatan at gmail.com as well. Tune in next time for another exciting episode of GFA Live. Come on, do your bit. I was waiting for you to do the fuck. I don't know. I was waiting for you to play something. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just use this, right? <laughs>